It's a very diverse path with um, very diverse beings walking it. And I think what we're trying to cultivate at Anatara is an understanding that you don't need to look or be a specific way in order to be a yogi. Welcome to the Tantra and Yoga podcast. These podcasts are recorded live at Anatara Ashram with Artemis and Bhairav in the Nishka Nation of Northern BC, Canada. They bring clarity to some of the fundamental questions by spiritual seekers along the path of awakening. So yoga is a really large topic and a topic that is greatly misunderstood. I think a lot of us in the West, when um, speaking about yoga, we are often having images of probably typically young white women uh, doing physical exercise at a studio, um, gentle exercise, but yet an exercise that is healthy for you and good for you and um, helps to keep you physically fit. And there is a growing understanding that uh, yoga can also help us, we could say emotionally and mentally. So uh, more and more through scientific studies, people are in the West coming to understand that yoga can also possibly be helpful for, um, yeah, for, for managing emotions, for, for having more space around our thoughts. But largely it's understood that it's a physical practice for physical fitness to keep up our good health and um, maybe even to help with low back pain or arthritis, um, but not much more than that. The word yoga is a Sanskrit word, and when we translate this word, it basically translates as to yoke. Um, and we can understand this through the scriptures as to, to bring into union. Um, and it's, it could be said that it's understood that there is um, you know, the yellow part of the yoke and the white part of the yoke. And, and when we yolk an egg, we mix these two, seemingly two, together to become one. And so how does this relate to what yoga is? What does this translation um, mean? And ultimately what it's meaning is that we could say that one part of the egg, let's say the yellow, is your lower self. And your lower self could be your mind, your ego, your, your personality, your conditioning that you've received uh, throughout your life. And then we have this other part, which is more your higher self, your spiritual self, uh, your true heart, your true being, that which you are before all of the stories, before the mind, before the conditioning, before the societal expectations. And so yoga, or to yoke, is to bring these two aspects of our being into one. And this is the way we need to see it at first, but then ultimately we come to recognize that the egg is just the egg. There is no lower or higher self. They are always one. So that's getting a little bit philosophical. And in 
the yoga teacher training. Um, we're going to dive more into this uh, and, and hopefully have some more uh, direct experiences so you can, you can pick up the essence of what yoga is on your own. But ultimately what needs to be understood here is that yoga is not just a physical practice. Um, what's kind of exciting about yoga is that each individual being is going to find that a different aspect of yoga resonates for them in a different way. Whether that be the physical asana, or pranayama, or meditation, or dance, or song, or ritual, or karma yoga, or so many of the other multiple ways that we can practice yoga. Yoga is not a religion, so this means that there is no theology, there are no uh, dogmas, there are no specific ways that you have to be in order to be a yogi. Um, it's a very diverse path with um, very diverse beings walking it and I think what we're trying to cultivate at Anatara is an understanding that you don't need to look or be a specific way in order to be a yogi and ultimately you don't even need to roll out a mat and do a physical practice in order to to be practicing yoga. So it's because of these multiple different ways that we can practice yoga uh, that we find so many different understandings of what yoga really is. And so in a way we could say that uh, the understanding of yoga is almost like the story of the five blind men who are uh, feeling the elephant and somebody asks the blind men uh, what, what, does the, what is an elephant? And the first blind man says, oh, it's, you know, long with these brussels at the end it's kind of like a broom and another one says oh no it's it's very long but it has these holes at the end with the water that comes out and it's kind of like a hose and the third one says oh it's it's like the trunk of a tree and he's feeling the leg and another is feeling the belly and he says oh no it's like the ceiling it's it has a limit and the, and so on like this i think you understand uh so this can be yoga and I think our wish is that we can bring you to find your yoga uh, and find your understanding and, and come to your own essence. So there's a lot of different benefits to, to practicing yoga. Um, the first I think a lot of people in the West know which is the benefit of health. Um, practicing physical asana or even devotion or meditation, uh, even breathing exercises can have some very deep and lasting and profound healing uh, on the physical body. Another benefit that yoga can bring into your life is just simply a better quality of life. As we find more space around our thoughts, as the body is healthier, uh, we begin to, to just have more peace and contentment and Maybe we become more charismatic and it's easier to relate to others and to have these deep heart connections that we're actually mostly all longing for and we're able to be more clear on what it is we really want in life and make decisions more decisively and with more clarity and yeah we could just generally say that there's an improvement in in one's life. Over the years, we've seen all kinds of miracles um, get healed through yoga and um, 
we've even seen uh, a woman with AIDS come and practice yoga. And although like, when she arrived, she obviously looked very ill and um, she was very thin and pale and looked quite near death. And um, over six months, a year of practicing, she got color back in her cheeks, she was able to gain weight, she was able to keep meals down, and although AIDS was not gone, she was able to live a healthy and happy life and found another partner with AIDS who also practiced yoga and uh, yes. And for myself, even, um, I suffered from a lot of anxiety before coming to yoga and meditation. And um, I think in some ways thought that I would never be able to be free of it. And by some graceful accident, I stumbled across asana and then pranayama and meditation. And I can now say that although anxiety comes at times in my life, it is nothing like what it once was. And... Uh, I'm so much happier and there's so much more space and freedom and uh, I'm sure some of you can relate that the mind can grip us sometimes and the greatest gift, one of the greatest gifts that yoga gave to me was to have freedom from my mind. So it's often also understood that uh, yoga can bring supernatural uh, phenomenon or powers to us. And, uh, yeah, this is one part that yoga can bring. And if that's what makes you practice yoga, then right on, keep with it. <laughs> yeah. This, however, um, some may say, can be a more superficial reason to, to come to yoga. There's a story of Buddha and the yogi, and Buddha is sitting on the bank of the Ganga, in his meditative posture, just relaxed, enjoying the day. And a yogi comes up to him and says, Buddha, am I special? And Buddha says, mm, no. <laughs> and the yogi goes into full lotus, crosses his legs, sits in this perfect posture, and he floats across the Ganga to the other side of the bank. And then he floats back to the Buddha. And he says to the Buddha, Am I special? And the Buddha stands up and he walks over to a boat and he pays the guy one rupee. That's a Indian dollar, one Indian dollar. And uh, yeah, the boat takes him across and then back to the yogi. And the yogi, <laughs> Buddha says to the yogi, no, you're not special. So I guess the moral of the story is in some ways, you know, in order to attain these supernatural kind of phenomenon as gifts and talents um, takes a long time. And to be able to do with one rupee what can be done over, you know, decades of intense sadhana or spiritual practice, I mean, I guess you can understand what do you choose to do with your time. That being said, though, if the desire to be able to read minds or see auras or predict the future is something that you have in you, um, I would say hold fast to it in that, you know, 
for myself, what originally brought me to, to yoga in some ways could be said as superficial in that I just wanted to be free of my mind and the anxiety that I suffered from. Or other people who, you know, maybe want a better butt or to be more flexible. Uh, these could also be said to be superficial reasons to be practicing yoga. And what I have found in my personal experience and what I've seen for so many other people is that although we may have started for these superficial reasons, it leads us to something so much bigger and so much more authentic, or we could say even to what yoga really is. So I often say to my students to hold fast to whatever it is that kind of intrigues you or pulls you in to the practice of yoga because although some may point to it and judge it and say that it's superficial in the end it's going to be what what brings you to some really wonderful places and really in the end that's that's the final uh, blessing or um, benefit of practicing yoga which is uh, spirituality or um, an understanding of oneself. I think it was the Greek philosophers that said, you must know thyself. And, and this, is, this is the real yoga, to, to know who and what you really are. In yoga, there are four fundamental questions that a yogi asks themselves. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going and why am I here? And we could answer these questions, of course, on a very superficial level. Who am I? I'm Artemis. I teach yoga. I'm Canadian, etc., etc. Um, where did I come from? Well, I came from my mother. <laughs> uh, where am I going? Uh, I'm going to be heading to India soon. Why am I here? Well, this is where I live. So answer those questions, uh, but I'm sure you can all pick up on the fact that there's something so much deeper to these questions, and these questions actually need to be sat with and pondered, and the answers to these questions can lead to some very far off and beautiful places <laughs> within yourself, and this is why we really practice yoga the freedom and beauty that can come from starting to discover who you are, free of your thoughts, free of your emotions, free of the limitations of the physical body, that's when you can really find an inner peace and an inner contentment. So as we journey together over the next little while, I... I hope that we can help to guide you towards finding your yoga and your essence and finding practices, whether they be physical or not, that help to open something up inside of you that, that some may say you've been longing for and, and forgotten, but is only just right here and now in this moment waiting for you to rediscover. Thank you for joining us in our Q&A for today. If you'd like to continue on your path of Tantra and Yoga, 
Be sure to visit the description of this podcast, where you'll find a link to a free Tantra course on Mantra Meditation, an in-depth Tantra Meditation course, our community membership, as well as our teacher trainings. We have 200, 300, and 500-hour Certified Yoga Alliance trainings that blend traditional and contemporary methods so that you can learn and teach authentic yoga in the modern world. We hope to see you at our school. Hari Om.